0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Bradfoe Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me. Swivel hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm waiting for you to justify your stupid opinion. Bradfoe Show. That's delicious. Oh my goodness. What a day. What a day I get to sit in the Sheridan Lobby interviewing one of the – uh, on the ring of honor of Bradfoe Show podcast guest, David Ross.
0: Thanks for having me, Rob. Oh, appreciate it, you're so You're so
1: polite and so nice. <laughs>
0: um, so there's a few things
1: I want to get to. Are you all right? You, you, you hydrated?
0: I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm oh, good. Okay. I'm good.
1: Okay. Um, there's a few things I want to get to you. First of all, it's great to see you. Good job with the ESPN. Thanks. It's a travesty that you weren't working Sunday night. Um, but that's just me. Um, so, but uh, a few things I want to get to with you. Uh, the first thing is I was with Bill Messina of the camera guys, uh, Moose as we call him, yeah. when he interviewed John Lester at spring training, and he told the story, uh, or John Lester told the story about when you visited the mound. Just just so I can get the one up on them please I mean just tell me the story tell me that story
0: well that's it I you know with Johnny it's a lot of uh mound visits were either usually like really stern or like I was just trying to distract him a little bit because he gets so worked up and um I think later on in the career it was usually like a little bit of a of a of a talking to when I'd go out there a little bit of a screaming match between me and him but uh early on it was just that relationship was still young and Uh, He was just grinding out there. I mean, I remember him really grinding and I was trying to slow the thing down You know, we had mound visits back then. (laughs) We could take as long as we wanted. So uh, I turned around and um, I had already I had already walked out there and saw my wife sitting in in their seats him and Farah and uh, His wife uh, right behind home plate, you know, John makes good coin so he he invited the, (laughs) the peasants and my me and my family to sit in his nice seats and so I went out there, and he's, you know, grinding out, like, what, what? I'm like, hey, man, you see that see that brunette right there behind home plate? And he's like looking, and he knows it's my wife, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hila? I was like, yeah. She's hot isn't she? <laughs> and she. He's like, what's wrong with you? You know, he's going like, aren't you? You know, he's out there grinding. I just want to distract him, and you know, it was either either, either uh, a joke or or uh, a talking to about situation, and it just felt like one of those moments he needed to to be distracted a little bit. So I figured I'd point out my my sexy wife behind home plate. <laughs>
1: so that was the that was the best. I mean, like you said, you probably have to had had to do that a few different times where it's not. Hey, we get a runner at second. This is what we're going to want to do. This is a. Hey, will you, like, chill out or, or, or look at the guy in the, the yeah. upper deck? Or, was there anything else like that? Or was Yeah, there
0: was another good one. Um, well, it, it was kind of, like, distracted, and we were playing Detroit, and um, he was dealing pretty good, pitching well, and we had, like, a two-run lead, I think, and it was getting towards the back end of, of uh, his pitch count. And he comes in, gives up, like, uh, walked a guy, and gives up a hard-hit ground ball to Middlebrooks. And Middlebrooks kind of olated a little bit, like didn't mm-hmm. – but it was a rock, I mean, it was hit hard. It was a rocket. And next guy, he walks, and I can just tell he's frustrated. And up to back comes Miguel Cabrera. And we got two outs. And I'm like, all right, well, let's go out there and <laughs> sew some things down a little bit. So I walk up there. I was like, all right, man, just give you a little bit of breather, you know. Uh, he goes, man, I thought Middlebrooks could have had that ball. And I'm like – Are you still thinking about that Middlebrooks ball? That was a rocket. And he's like, he's like, what do you got? What do you got? I go, I got, we got the best hitter on the planet coming to the plate, and we got a two-run lead? Let's worry about Miguel Cabrera, and we can talk about the ball to, to Middlebrooks later. And, uh, you know, that was just Johnny. He got, you know, early on when I was there, he would get distracted every once in a while. And he's got to rein him back in, and he was so good when he was focused on what he needed to do. Oh, well, but.
1: that's the thing. And I remember in Cleveland, and this isn't going to be a, the David Ross Talks About John Lester podcast, but I remember in Cleveland one time, I don't know if he, he didn't talk – the media like you guys had won and and but he didn't pitch well but you won and so but he didn't talk I think Beckett actually was the one who told him said listen dude you gotta talk
0: you know you win the game
1: you you gotta talk
0: yeah one thing I found out about being in Boston really fast is everybody appreciates just you being accountable and honest Mm -hmm. like that's all it's all it is they just want to you tell your side of the story and and move on and uh, I learned real quick, like you know, like it's fine. You can blame me. Like, I'm, I've got no, uh, no problems with it, because I caught a lot of wrong pitches too early on, and so you know I took a lot of the heat when, because Johnny, you know, Johnny's probably one of the best pitchers I've ever caught, and um, some of it was was my fault. But the the media just wants you to stand there and ask. Uh, and ask you the questions, and you'd be accountable. It's amazing,
1: right? I mean, it's it's really, it's not that difficult. It's not rocket science. No, it really because, isn't. because immediately you do that, you get the thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and it goes away. I mean, uh, another, I use the Cora example a lot. Cora did that, you did that, other guys did that. You stand in front of your locker, you do it, it's over.
0: Well, and- when you when you make mistakes and you just say yeah I messed up like I think everybody understands there's a human element to baseball that not you're not we're not robots you're not going to be perfect you know we hear that all the time but when you stand in front of the media who which are basically the the go between between the fans and say you know what I wasn't very good today but I'm going to try to get better and uh, at the end of the day, what, are you, what else are you going to build on that? Yeah, it's like, well, David Ross stinks. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah, yeah. We knew that when we signed him, but it was good. <laughs>
1: so you're in town because you're doing the ESPN thing, doing the broadcast, and, and, you know, screw whatever is happening on Sunday night. I mean, this is the premier game. This is Yankees, Red Sox, Severino, and Sale. This, is, this might be, in your short, short broadcast career, this might be – the game, right? This is uh, this might be your best
0: game. No doubt. No doubt. This would be the biggest game I've called, uh, for sure, to be in the booth. Uh, I'm in there with John Shambi and Rick Sutcliffe, who are probably my two favorite guys to work with. They're just awesome. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is... This is the this is the baseball Mecca here and you're talking about doing it at Fenway. I haven't been back to Fenway. I'm just super excited about coming hey, you back. you haven't
1: been back to Fenway? I
0: have not been back to Fenway since 14. You kidding have, me? No, I have Why not. Why did I think Really? Yeah, I was going to come last year and for the Cubs Red Sox series yeah. for like a dream and I was going to try to sit in the monster and the whole deal and when, I got on this dance show for a little bit. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, yeah. But I got on there. I got on uh, some Can national television and, and and embarrassed myself a little bit, but um, no, I'm, I'm super excited to be back. I've, I've done some games on the road, but I haven't been back to Fenway, and so I'm just anxious to get back on the field and, and feel the – it
1: going to seem – I mean, you, you've obviously been there. Does it – you think it's going to be weird at all?
0: Um, well, it, I mean –
1: You've been in that broadcast.
0: I wouldn't imagine – I haven't been in the booth, in the bro- no. Okay, I haven't right. been up there. I don't even know if I've been in the press box. Like, I haven't – you know, we really? never ventured up there. Yeah, you have been, been in the you been in the Oblis- Johnny Oblis- Gomes Memorial Press Box? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I heard it's small, and I've, uh, I bought some gloves. It's going to be cold. I bought some gloves today at the mall, and uh, – and yeah, I mean, just the just the feeling of that stadium for me is is uh, is going to bring back a lot of cool memories. Are you comfortable now doing this? I'm getting. I think this year I, I was nervous about opening day, and I got to do back-to-back games in Anaheim, and it felt a lot better mm-hmm. it, felt, it felt a lot more what are, you uh, better at at?
1: what are you better at now than you were when you started doing it last year
0: just wrapping up my thoughts i think sometimes you get on there and you talk and you don't know how to kind of exit ramp it you know like get wrap up your your what you're trying to say and in, in the pace of the game and so um there's a rhythm up there there's a rhythm to you yeah. know where something might happen and, and telling the story and not talking in the middle of a bat or a pitch so um, there's a fine line between, you know, you want somebody to go deep and you're telling a story about John Lester mountain visits. Right, know? well,
1: I mean, the two hours thing, too. It's yeah, a, don't, yeah. Don't you start know, the John Lester story with two hours. Right,
0: yeah, there's a whole there's a whole thing into that. So yeah. uh, just that a little bit and doing your homework and knowing what, what you, you know, the open. For me, the the hardest part is the open always. You want to talk, highlight, you know, one person or, or mm-hmm. something you're watching from each team, that's kind of the most nerve-wracking thing for me still, and uh, Sut said that kind of never goes away, because it's it's scripted, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not I mean, off the cuff. it's not
1: like, here, this happened to me, and, or this is happening in front of me, I can react to it, whatever.
0: Right, yeah, that's the easiest part for me, I love watching the games, it might, it's probably... My favorite thing to do since I've retired is just to call the games because you're really just into the game and watching, and you can. It brings back a lot of memories for me. It kind of jar, jars my, my memory and telling stories and um, just reacting to what's going on. Which were you
1: more nervous about, doing your first broadcast or doing the dancing? Oh shoot, the dancing. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That was that's a whole nother. I don't know that I've been more nervous than for stepping out not, on the dance floor for
1: like the actual the first show, like the actual first time you did. Which, by the way, I don't know how you do it like I don't I can't it's one of these things where I can't even conceive you can give me a year of practicing I can't conceive doing that
0: well there's a there's a um, there's a, it's it, it's no no it's one of those things I've been I, I did put myself out there in line did things that were outside of my box and so I had one of the greatest years ever in 16 for yeah. me and my family the whole deal and so I just kind of kept with that theme when I asked to do that and I definitely was nervous but um there's nothing that, that prepares you for stepping out on a dance floor in front of millions of people. I think there's like 10 to 15 million people watch that every so Monday. So most nervous you've ever been in any endeavor? No doubt. Well, maybe I, I did skydiving. That was another one skydived last year for the open the airship. But
1: not millions and
0: millions of people no, are watching. No, yeah, I thought I might die. But yeah, <laughs> other than yeah, that, yeah. I was fine. But, yeah, just something so far outside my box that I, you know, I, it's a very – yeah, every time that didn't get easier either. It actually got – tougher it, more nervous every time no, no the uh the dancing
1: yeah so it, it, i don't know how it didn't it really get, get harder
0: yeah well it just got more nerve wracking because you just realized like what am i doing still doing you know i thought i'd be on there like a week or two and they yeah, built yeah. me off and i'd be at the house with the family you know <laughs> and, no, i went all the way to the end <laughs> somehow so uh definitely the craziest thing i've ever done and most outside of my box so but at the end of that i've never been more proud of myself for doing something so mentally and physically tough and nerve-wracking and i mean you're talking about putting it all out there you know i bet your said. family
1: was probably more proud of you for doing that than even playing baseball uh, they were
0: yeah they were cheering you know because baseball was work this way they were cheer me on and like would watch every show and they had their favorites too and, yeah. and they, you know uh, my partner Lindsay became like part of the family like another child and little, a yeah. little little young 23 year old bossing <laughs> me around i've had like another an older daughter uh that just kind of was was Walking dad around the dance floor—it was—it was a unique experience and very, very, uh, very exciting. What was
1: the hardest move? Uh, uh, you can, well, when you they asked say me that, to take
0: uh, off my shirt, oh, honestly, like, when really? they, uh, yeah, on national TV, you and, lost a crap load of weight, though. Uh, yeah, I lost like fifteen pounds and a like. Uh, I mean, I was I was probably leaner than I've ever been. I got down to like my college weight, like two fifteen, really? which I my playing weight was probably 230, 235. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was I was down there, really? you know. But not uh, it's still, it's still like dad, you know. you still got dad bod walking, <laughs> you know. It's not like I'm got like six pack that came out all of a sudden. Like it's still I get some. So love how does handles. that happen?
1: Where you say does she say, hey, we're gonna take off your shirt this time? We're
0: she well, she gave me the the song and and uh, you know the Magic Mike song, and then she's like, look, we're gonna we're gonna do yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right? It's hilarious, right? And I, when she told me all this, I, I was like, no. And she she prepped me, because you get the song about a week and a half before, or a, the the week before your actual dance. So you're working on a whole another dance, but she's like, hey, I want to let you know I got the song. This is what they're probably, this is the style, this is what you're going to have to do, and I'll start choreographing some stuff. And she started telling me this, and it just was like a pit in my stomach. Because like, I had my kids i go to my kid's school to drop them off, and like all the students, were like Mr. Ross, we still don't oh, dance yeah. with the stars. More, more and, than baseball,
1: right? yeah, it was just crazy. Yeah, 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 and so
0: yeah. you're like, wait a minute, I'm fixing to take off my shirt in front of these kids. Kind of, like, it just—it's all a big nightmare in my head before it starts. <laughs> who was the uh, Who was celebrity on it that you're like, oh, this is cool, Mr. T? Oh man, he Mr. was in too. that one. He was in that one. He was there early on. What a great guy he was, and he had the whole Chicago connection because he's from there. And uh, he's he's like, hey, we're representing Chicago. And uh, he gave all the key- everybody he had this little um, keychain that had all these little sayings like, I pity the fool, <laughs> all these little sayings. And I brought him home to my kids, and my my two old pressed it all night long. Wait, he
1: was just like going around handing out his keychain. Yeah, it
0: was a little keychain, like it, it was like a little toy. I guess they sold them, and yeah, some had him made. But it was it was he was. Top-notch, one of the nicest people i ever met. Did you do what
1: I would do, which is you have like, okay, I got to think of a question to ask Mr. T.
0: I got to like Rocky, Rocky Three. But... Uh, yeah, well, I just asked him like, "Hey, tell me how it all started. Like how and he you yeah, he was walked, a bouncer, he a right? bouncer? I mean, yeah, walk me through the whole thing and the show he was on and, um, you know how he's a Southside Chicago guy where you mm-hmm. know through some rough neighborhoods mm-hmm. and he's bouncing and I went to these. Uh, it was some show. it was like a tough tough bouncer some bouncer yeah, yeah, show yeah yeah, yeah yeah and so he won that or came in second and ran through some door or, uh, he was telling me the whole story but um he's a guy would you sit down and you ask him one question he just he's, he he's of looks open on the same honest. doesn't he yeah he does very uh, very much yeah. just just older but not yeah, i mean but not like us all no, like yeah but he's no he still works out yeah, and lifts weights that's and where's the headband it was yeah like, it is really cool yeah it was, <laughs> it was like one of my favorites um so I
1: do want to ask you about sort of you doing the Red Sox-Yankees thing, and you were around the Red Sox a little bit, a couple of days, and so you get an idea. Do you communicate with Cor at all? I know that you played with him. Out.
0: Yeah, I talked to him a little bit in the, in the when I went to spring training and visiting. I was just trying to visit with everybody, but yeah. I, 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 I took a time for you, him. You,
1: you take pride in your craft, so you were, you were asking about it, and you were trying to get a feel for it, and you have to get a feel for Seattle when you had to go out there for the right. opener. But of your limited time with the Red Sox and talking to people about the Red Sox, what's your your sort of 1,000 uh, 1, uh, altitude at 32,000 feet perspe- perspective of this team?
0: Uh, they're playing looser. Yeah, yeah think I so? think so. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's a there's a vibe around. Uh, I, I, when I honestly, when I go to these places, I talk to the trainers that I know and the clubhouse guys. Tell you They'll the tell truth. you the truth, yeah. yeah. And no, no players don't throw the manager under the bus or mm. whatever. And, and so I ask the guys, like, hey, what's the vibe? What, give me the vibe. And I ask guys that come in, and you know, I got some friends that sell boots or suits or whatever, and I ask them too. You know, they give me the vibe in the clubhouses, and uh, you could tell they're just—it's a happy bunch that's um, having cool. fun. Spring training was going well. They're healthy. Uh, David Price seems like a different guy. Uh, just Just the overall feel and the vibe, and how open they were to talk to me um, an ex player but even guys that i didn 't play with, and how open and honest they well, were to see. me
1: this so this is and i don 't disagree with you, but you go back to we, we juxtapose a lot against two thousand and thirteen and and that was a loose group too right that yep. was a, a,
0: we kind of ran our own right, but that re- so
1: that 's sort of that's, I guess, maybe the difference. If if you have a loose group, but and, and it, because people are saying, "Well, oh, you can't be loose." John Farrell was uptight, and same manager, 2013 compared to 2017, but like you said, and tell me if I'm wrong, it was more of like a, it was the player thing more than like the yeah. the manager saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to go in the clubhouse and high five you."
0: Well, I think John it was his first year as well as mine, and 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 dealing with the the Boston thing and. Um, you know, it, it, for me, John, it was fine for me. He, he he actually gave me some great opportunities, so I don't have anything bad to say about him. But we did have a leadership in that clubhouse from the players' perspective. Mm-hmm. That it really was, and we had a great coaching staff. So it was a lot of just like stay out of the way. We've got you know we you had knew that right in,
1: away, like coming out of spring training. I remember the first I, game I, at Yankee Stadium.
0: I remember I remember spring training and walking in and and the vibe uh and all the the kind of rumors of it's such a bad clubhouse and yeah. this and that Bobby and Valentine, yeah. yeah and all that right and i walked in and was like wait a minute there's great dudes in here i remember distinctly a weekend going this place is awesome like these yeah. guys are awesome there's one bad egg and there he is yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah, 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 that's yeah. him right there yeah, yeah. and if we get him out of here everybody else is gonna roll right and right. uh they did that and uh a little later on and and you know it's it's you know you you have to fi- find that fine line between having a, a talented player that's a bad uh, bad influence on other guys or just getting on board and uh, they figured that out and and kind of we off we went yeah
1: and it's it's like you said, I think the difference is, and you are correct in assessing that it's a looser bunch, and who knows if that's going to translate, but tell me how it might translate right I mean tell me because when I heard we're having more fun, we're having more fun, we're having more fun, well, okay, we'll go out and win 93 games. we we'll are not go out and win division. It,
0: yeah, it translates where you like coming to work. And so it oh. just it translates where I like being around the guys. I'm going to get there a little earlier. Oh, and, and we communicate better. So maybe the pitching staff talks a little bit more about how they got certain hitters out or uh, the hitters talk a little bit about how the – pitcher's balls come out of their hand rather than like i don't like this dude so i'm not giving him any information so when you care about the group as a whole and it's looser and you have more fun together in the locker room uh off the field go to dinners and and you don't get a whole lot of those here with the travel but um that stuff translates and and everybody kind of comes together and then when you are having an at-bat and you want to pick up the guy who punched out bases loaded you know the, the the guy before you and you want to come up with a big two out hit you know not that you don't always want to do that but it just becomes that extra little motivation that kind of puts you over the hump of another yeah, that team makes that may makes fold that yeah. makes
1: sense to me I mean the, the another thing with with Cora it's like you know he's he's loose and and everything else but w- the press conferences, we, we as the media, we focus so much on the press conferences after games. And Farrell was actually criticized for this, where you're protecting the players, you're protecting the players too much, where people like you understand, like, oh, yeah, the players are, yeah, yeah, protect me, protect me, protect me. There's this fine line. And I think Cora, we've only, we're only, you know, not even 10 games in, but there is that element. He, he has figured it out, I think, of when to say, hey, you know what, he wasn't very good, and, yeah, he was really good. Like, there's a sense of honesty, and I think that there is that fine line There, there.
0: is that, but you know what's different, and the only thing I would, would criticize John Farrow about, and I, I've never been a manager, I don't know how hard these press conferences are, but if I had one thing that I say could have lifted the players up a little more, I know he protected see, them, see, but that, I, would, see. I would lift up, like David Ortiz, yeah. when he, when he, I would say, you know, when I'm answering questions about David Ortiz, I would, I would you know, basically um, – say as much positive as I could about him because the guy is a, is a Hall of Famer, you know? So I wouldn't just say the facts of what he did in the game. I would try to go above and beyond because at, at times you're going to have to say, you know what, we weren't very good today, or David Ortiz wasn't good tonight, but yeah. you know what, I'm, I'm riding and dying with David Ortiz, that kind of thing. It's, That's it's interesting. What would be the, yeah, would, that would be the one – the one criticism I would give of John, when he gave his his press conference, his, it was just the facts. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's kind of but the guys, media but creates that here. You want you, so you don't want to read into that, it too does much. Does that
1: become a conversation in amongst the players? Of like, you know, I wish... Uh,
0: not No, that was just my own observation. Yeah, well, nah, be- I don't think so.
1: Because, you know, because honestly, if, if you said that to the media, it'd be like, oh, well, that's he's building him up too much. They're building him yeah, up too much. Yeah, yeah. Well...
0: And I don't think you can ever go wrong with lifting up players because at times you have to criticize. And so as long as I know my manager's out for my best interest. Yeah, I know when I stunk, and I think just telling the media honesty. I think mm-hmm. honesty is the best policy, right? Like, David Ortiz goes three for four with two homers. Like, hey, he was he was awesome. Like, he's, I'm just telling you, yeah, he's a pretty amazing yeah. player, and he's great. Or, yeah, he wasn't good tonight, but you know what? This is fine. It, it's easier to find a positive. There's enough negative written when you, when, you, when you mess up, so it's easy to find a positive and trying to find, you know what? He may have been so and so may have been over over four today, but did you see his at bats? Every at bat was three two, like a Mike Napoli. Like every at bat was three two. He's grinding. Pitcher made some good pitches, you know, little things like that. And you got to kind of weave through the season about how much you you know sugarcoat things and just honest.
1: It's again, it's 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 fascinating to me because it's the player perspective compared to like our perspective of like I'm saying. I think that you guys have every right to think that way it is like people understand like that's your world like that's your world to get to 100 through 162 games manager is manager of the team it's not like hey here go bunt yeah yeah it's
0: managing the team right well and the guys that i need the guys that are going to make me successful are the players so why would i ever try to bring them down or not lift them up i think that it's a it's a it's a tight-knit group a, a successful ball team and I need those guys. I need those guys to believe in us. And so I believe in that. I'm a baseball fan right? first, and I'm a fan of my team. I've always said that. I, like, I, I trust in my guys because they're my guys. So I want to stick up for them. Good or bad, that's my job is to stick up for them. I, I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. but when in doubt, I'm going to try to be as positive as I can toward well, my players. Well, you
1: again, that's you. That's the important. You're around them more than anything else. No doubt. And if you have to take slings and arrows, it's just interesting to me because again, the pers- coming back to the perspective or the perception, like Eck is another one. Like like when the Eck thing happened last year with Price, I couldn't believe the players we're like Ack has been honest for years. Ack has been and probably when you were there that was the narrative yeah. with Ack like Ack is that was that guy he played you should know better. And we're like oh
0: my goodness are you kidding me? Like, I th- I think the problem comes from I don't listen to the outside noise. I didn't even like. I never listened to Eck, and I when we got in the in the room, like usually the TV was on, right. on silent. Like I, I remember, I played I played in uh, Cincinnati and Marty Brennan and maybe the most negative <laughs> announcer I've ever been around. And I love Marty, but right. I just don't listen to it. Like but, but we're on our own talk, little guys bubble. talk, right? Yeah, but but and and that's and that's a negative influence in your. I mean, I. Yeah, this Eckersley has no impact on how we perform on the field. No, so why? So why bring that in? I is think, my is my take right?
1: But that's that would be the right way to go. But you're you were a veteran. You knew how to do it. If you're a young guy, and I think this was the sort of the issue last year, where that was the danger that if you get young guys and you get the whispers and you get, oh, really? That's how it is? Or this, right. you know, that's the dangerous thing.
0: Well, I think I think that's what Core has created now. And, and again, it is is short lived so far, but uh, he's created like, hey, we're just going to worry about us and we're going to have fun. We're going to work hard. We're going to do our job. In the day, that's all you can do, like good or bad. And we'll see where we're at come you know month to month week to Mm -hmm. week and we'll make some adjustments if we need to but um there's no sense in panicking or to outside noise and what you should be and what you shouldn't be um you know that's why this game's gonna be so much fun there's there's supposed to be these great teams and the yankees are supposed to be you know world beaters and it's you know they're just a little bit like hey okay like all right you know i never believe the hype first of all like the hype is never good tell
1: to me and i 've done interviews with other, other uh, with other places around the country, and to me the Yankees, the perception of the Yankees people pick the Yankees, this is a reason why because they have these big guys in the middle of the order, they have Severino, and they have a, bun- a bullpen with a bunch of good names like I, I, think, I think it starts the Yankees conversation starts with Stanton and Judge and then and maybe Sanchez, and then there 's an enormous drop off to everybody else, but you know what that 's good enough to Be better than everyone else. Whereas, if you look at the Red Sox, if if you said if you said to someone in Iowa, hey, okay, baseball fan about the Red Sox, what would be, what what, what's the notable thing about them? Because the Yankees are judge and stand right,
0: right right well i look for the i look for the the, the missing piece like where's that x-factor guy like the the devers like the guy that's hitting lower in the lineup that's an absolute stud that nobody's really giving credit to yeah that just seems to be and bogey having a good year or Gregorius, you know or, maybe having a breakout year for well you, and, and for like that. Well, and for me it's it, it, and and as a baseball fan the guy who analyzes the teams the when I look at the Yankees, I see like the Bird and Gregory. those are the guys that are going to be the X factors. Right, yeah, it's do. not right. It's not going to be and the and the Gardeners. It's not going to be the the big boppers in the middle because they're you, they're they're going to ride a roller coaster. They're going to be they're going to be strikeouts, homers. Um, you're going to ride a roller, but you're good at bats. When I'm catching, I'm navigating the big boys to get mm. to the the maybe less power or I like the bigger holes of the big boys because I know I've got spots that I can pitch them. I've always said you can pitch to Stanton. But if you make a mistake, right, right. So well, if as you execute, evident,
1: like he struck out five times, right. Huh? If
0: you're executing your pitches, you know he's a very average hitter. But if you're not, or you making mistakes, he doesn't. When he when he hits it, it's is a homer. Yeah. So I mean, you kind of live and die with that. But the good thing about the Yankees, to me, is that they're. Lineups, the depth of it they've got really good sanchez and bird bird is the x factor for me makes that thing really good dd
1: yeah well it is and then you go to the starting rotation i mean severino is going to even say i think people sleep on severino here's a question i want to ask you about severino so pedro and you guys will probably talk about this on the broadcast pedro had a big say in in severino success pedro martinez he taught him the change up Pedro collects a paycheck from the Boston Red Sox. Right. Right. Is is that like and I talked to Pedro about this and he said, "Listen, my mission on in on earth is to help people and everything else." Is that normal?
0: Um you know, I it, think when you're a baseball fan and I I go back and forth on this, but when you're a baseball fan, you want to help kids out, especially a guy that is a Hall of Famer like Pedro and uh and and, and he played for a couple of different organizations, so uh, he does collect a paycheck from from the from the Red Sox, and you definitely don't want to help out. I think the Yankees. twenty years
1: ago that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, it may not at twenty years, ago, but yeah. but now there's so much more. And and being a Latin player in Severino, I think he tries to look out for the pitchers in Latin America and those guys that would lean on him for any kind of advice. Is that a positive for the Red Sox? No, it's not. In trying to make that guy better, but. Um the goodwill in that is, is what I see. And, and the baseball fan, I, yeah. I know. I know we all, it's hard for me to all be fans. critical
1: of it because, like, you're saying the same thing he did. I, but And I can accept that. It's just bizarre to me. It is
0: bizarre. No, it's bizarre, for sure. It is bizarre to help out the enemy. But, um, you know, it would be like a catcher for the Brewers coming up and asking me a couple c- catching questions. I'm not going to say, oh, I can't talk to you because right. I work for the co- I'm yeah. going to help him out. Yeah, that's Even fair. the Cardinal, you know, it, it just is. I, we want we want our game to be as popular as it can, and the best team should win out, not like the team with the biggest secrets or the team that that. Um has the best uh former you know players that help them out i think it's i think we want to see the game grow as much as you possibly can and the, see the best for the game and what that is is trying to give some pointers to younger players that might help them out and it doesn't always work out either i mean you may have taught him this change up and it may have been crap and he may have bagged it but you know I, you know it's actually where you taught time a yeah, yeah. good one
1: <laughs> um I, you've been very generous for your time i did want to ask you and i don't even know if you can talk about it your movie can you talk about yeah, that yeah yeah it's, it's uh
0: yeah well just a a little bit it's going it's going to be filmed in australia i think uh i think this, is, no, this wrap is a up. movie
1: but you wrote a book wrote a it's book i wrote a book called teammate book. yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, about my kind of journey and and with the cubs the the world series at the end and um it's more of a kind of a self-help book that just kind of walks you through some of the lessons i hard lessons i learned from great teammates a lot of that stems from from uh from here in boston and the Atlanta Braves and some of the great teammates I ran into that changed me and Johnny Gomes and Dustin Pedroia and uh, great lessons I learned so uh, but uh, radar pictures bought the rights to that, and they're gonna they're gonna make a movie. Yeah, this still isn't like home.
1: Hallmark Channel movie. This is no, like yeah, it was, is legit. To be. It,
0: was, it was supposed to be. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's in the works. And um, can we uh, say who's Hollywood, playing you? Yeah, uh, John Bernthal is, is playing me, uh, an up and coming actor. And he was in he's not The Punisher. He's, uh, he's, there. He's, he's he's a star. No, he really is. He I was mean, a guy in, in. It's not like a Brad Pitt that everybody would know. He so was I don't in know, a movie
1: no. with a Brad Pitt. Yeah, in
0: Fury. Right. He's a star. He's 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 a monster. And so they're It's gonna be filmed in Australia. And, um, Where you, you go? Know, uh-huh. Where you go during the filming? Where it's it's there. It's supposed to be finalized this week, all the details. okay. So, but I mean, it's it's, it's moving along. It's supposed to be. Uh, that's cool. To start, yeah, they're supposed to start uh, filming in, I think, August or September. So, I mean, it's like, I mean, they're going there, set building and the whole deal.
1: That, that is so awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: my life is, has definitely um, been very, very fortunate. And some good things have happened to me. So,
1: any questions for me? Because I always end I, I feel like. Oh, you're...
0: that's off the air stuff. We'll get that oh, off okay. the air. Yeah, all yeah. Right, yeah. All <laughs> all <That's> no, <laughs> no, I don't got any questions. <laughs> that's that's good. You look great, though. I don't oh, know. Everybody God, knows. Yeah, like phenomenal, I, thought you phenomenal. Never, I thought you would never say anything. I don't know how you can afford the wardrobe change. You know, that's the expensive it's part. Really, about it's,
1: it's This is no. – Just tighten the belt a little bit. Yeah, that's really that strategy right now. <laughs> Ex-
0: is, extra belt loop. Well,
1: you know, that's when you were doing that's, – Dancing, that's it. That's like – I can feel like I'm I'm fatter, but if the belt loops keep going the right direction, <laughs> that's all <laughs> that's I all that That's all that matters. Awesome, buddy. All right, David. Thanks so much. Always.